This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello! Merry Christmas Eve to those who celebrate, Mm -hmm. and welcome to Saturday Morning Mysteries, where we're your hosts. I'm Grace. And I'm Alexis. And we are a show, if you're just tuning in, maybe avoiding family obligations on Christmas Eve and just being like, I got to talk with my friends. Boop. That's us. We're your friends. Hi. Hi. Um, we are a show that recaps uh, crime cartoons, classic children's crime cartoons um, as quote unquote true crime uh, comedy stories. So this month we've been just doing any show we want as long as it has a wintry holiday festive theme Mm -hmm. um we've had a lot of dog heroes um in our christmas season thus far they are the heroes of the real world are they not it trudeau it trudeau where will we be without Um, them yes as i there's both both my dogs are just staring at me right now (laughs) talk about us they're also possibly the villains (laughs) of the real world yes so uh with that we'll be passing it to um Oh, well, I guess first, actually, we uh, will have a New Year's episode, I believe, and then um, we'll be taking a little bit of a January recovery vacation, recovery from the holidays. We'll have new episodes in January. Oh, oh, recovery from each other, I thought you meant. (laughs) We we spent way too much time together over the past 12 months, and we're like, can we get a month break, please, after the holidays? And as, also because, <laughs> go ahead. I was, we say as we've like probably in December have just finished hanging out by the time this episode exactly, comes out. Like exactly literally the night before say. we were hanging out. Yeah, I just saw you yesterday per the record, per the yeah. release of this episode at least. And yes. per the recording of this episode, I'm about to see you in like two weeks when you're in town. So it's true. <laughs> yes. Both beautiful too much things. time together virtually and IRL. Just kidding. Not actually. We just <laughs> need to take time. a little time to like catch up on these episodes that are coming out in December yes. and prep for episodes that we want to do early next year. But being yep. the holiday season and our birthdays and everything, it's yes, like going to be kind of hard to schedule recording time. Exactly. Yep. So we're going to take a month or a break through the month of January only, yep. I believe. Yes, and we'll correct. be back in February with, with some amazing things. Arc. Exactly. A new show arc, I mm-hmm. guess, like season two, our season yeah. one was literally a year long and we're picking yeah. back up in February, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. 50 episode seasons. That's like normal, right? We can do whatever we want. No rules. It's our Ever. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So cool. With that, uh, I will now pass it to um, Bird to take us away. Another snowball in the face. Grace is passing to me. Ah, oh my God. I can't hear anymore. Uh, there's snow in my ear there's snow in my ear it's cold so uh yeah we're gonna actually continue on with our trend this month not only of talking about wintry christmas holiday themed episodes but talking about hero dogs essentially (laughs) oh my god we are in every we are so yeah four weeks in a row of dog heroes and christmas themed plots indeed and grace you said at the beginning that for this holiday themed arc we can pretty much talk about whatever cartoon we want as long as it's Mm -hmm. christmas or wintry themed i'm cheating and sticking close to home and sticking close to our roots and again covering an incarnation slash iteration of yet again the scooby-doo franchise 
Great. So, I love it. We're here for it. But I am doing something a little different in the sense that I'm talking about another Scooby-Doo franchise show that we've not yet covered or talked about on this okay. podcast. It is one of the newer iterations, probably Ooh. the one that you and I, newer, but not newest. And it's probably one of the ones that you and I uh, watched. I won't say the most, but it was like the one that we grew up on, perhaps like Okay. It came out while we were very young. And this is uh, the show, What's New, Scooby-Doo? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely yeah. was exactly the one we got first introduced right. to. Exactly. It came out in 2002. So we were nine or 10 yeah. years old. This episode is actually came out just before your birthday in December. So we were both nine years old. Little little nine-year-old Grace and Alexis huddling around, not together. We didn't know each other at that point. Yeah. But, but probably around wearing our Scooby-Doo PJs. Exactly. Watching what's new Scooby-Doo. So excited <gasps> to see new episodes of this classic animated show that we had seen, you know, reruns of that our parents yeah. used to watch when they were younger. And being able to actually like experience it new and fresh for the first time. Mm-hmm. So awesome. the it's awesome because, and I'll talk about the Scooby-Doo show and it's, or what's new Scooby-Doo, I mean, in a moment, because it is slightly different from the other iterations, similarly to my last episode, how mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo also is a little different. But first, what episode are we going to be talking about and why am I so excited to be talking about this episode today in particular on what will be December 24th per the uh, release date mm-hmm. of this episode? Because we are talking about season one, episode 10 of the Scooby, or what's new Scooby-Doo, I'm saying the Scooby-Doo show. Uh, and it is called A Scooby-Doo Christmas. Okay. So it is a direct Christmas episode. It actually oh. takes place on Christmas Eve. So it is extremely topical and appropriate. The timing is just perfect. Good funny like behind the scenes story this was originally the first episode that I wrote for the Christmas arc whatever that we're Uh doing and I was like oh shit no I'm I'm up to bat on Christmas Eve so I'm gonna save this for that episode instead yeah good switcheroo a little switcheroo that no one needed to know about and would have (laughs) remained a total secret if I didn't just air it to the entire world but too late there you go too late so what's new Scooby-Doo I love this show Again, because I mentioned we actually were kids when we grew up watching it. It wasn't like a rerun. It aired for the first time in 2002. And it is the ninth incarnation of this overall Scooby-Doo franchise that began with Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, back in like 1968. Mm. So it is also the first Scooby-Doo series in a decade since a pup named Scooby-Doo ended in 1991. So it interestingly kind of ties in some of the characteristics that the Mystery Inc. gang members were given in a pup named Scooby-Doo and combines it, though, Mm. with like the original format of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, and of the Scooby-Doo show, um, where essentially you have the whole gang back together, Fred, Daphne, Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby, and they're just traveling around the country wherever solving (laughs) mysteries with the typical format of, you know, what's new Scooby-Doo the classic chases of from the monsters and every chase or every episode has the big chase scene with the big song and stuff that kind of like sets the tone and everything Uh 
but the only difference is that it's straight up modernized. So it's not like mm. the old groovy 60s and 70s. Yeah, music. it's like Blink-182. Blink-182 like Blink and Sun 41 and Simple Plan <laughs> and like pop rock and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, Mystery Inc. is actually using like cell phones and CD players Ooh. or things that were more modern for that day and age. Cool. So it's like the exact same types of stories, but with modern technology and modern music, essentially. Awesome. And I will also say that they were much more respectful to Daphne in this uh, incarnation <laughs> where they like actually gave her a personality outside of just being danger prone Daphne yeah. or <laughs> like, like hey, this is, this is, yeah, exactly. Line, well, Good. The one line like, oh yeah, Daphne, she's in this episode. I forgot. We should probably have <laughs> say her something. say something. <laughs> she hasn't said anything for like 15 minutes. <laughs> so that is essentially the backdrop of this show. Uh, and to that end, let's talk about the time that they did a Christmas special. Yay. And Grace, you will love this uh, because, well, let's get started and I will okay. very soon say why you will love this episode. Okay. It begins on, yet again, a dark, snowy evening in what appears to be some sort of like mountainous or hilly town that is known as Winter Hollow. And, okay. in this and in this town, we see a group of kids exploring deep in like the woods or I guess adjacent to the town, just out and about hanging out, getting excited for Christmas Eve a little bit later. And in the woods, they come across this giant snowman. It looks like a normal snowman, you know, the okay. big like three boulders of snow, a nice carrot nose, the sticks coming out of its the middle boulder for arms. Mm -hmm. And one of the kids, uh, I think his name is Tommy. He is kind of like egging on the rest of the group, like, see, look, here it is. Let's play with it. I told you I found this big snowman in the middle of the woods. Like, I don't know who made it, but it's been here and okay. we can have fun. And so all these kids are running around this snowman playing on it. And Tommy is like climbing up on top of it. But as he's climbing up, the snowman comes to life and it evilly starts laughing and this grinning. It's a movie. It's, it's very scary. Like, and it gets scarier. The, uh, the carrot nose, like you can see in the, almost in the moonlight, how it's actually very, very sharp and pointy. And the oh. little button mouth and button nose of the snowman turns from a smile into a menacing grin. Oh, and the again, snowman horror movie. Is a straight up horror movie. Because the snowman then removes its head and just fucking chucks it, hurls it at these kids as they're oh my running God. away. And the head is still evilly laughing with this like very pointy nose that like looks like it could just stab right through these children if it hits oh, them. No. And this is the evil snowman. Uh, I guess really, yeah, his name is just in this town of Winter Hollow called the Headless Snowman. <laughs> Are you kidding me? And Grace, oh. you will love this episode because it is a direct tie-in to the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Wow. AKA the 1819 Gothic story by Washington Irvine. I will not go into that story because Grace herself has already wow. educated us, the listeners of this podcast, and me 
on the legend of Sleepy Hollow and the story of the Headless Horseman, who is the main villain slash monster, scary being mm-hmm. in that legendary tale. Go back. It's called back to our episode. Uh, I did actually have to look it up because I was like, I want to reference it because it's a great episode. Everyone should go back and listen to it if you have not. Yeah. And because it is important to know, I guess, kind of the history of that story. So episode 35 of our podcast entitled Halloween nice. and Some Guy Without a Head. Nice. Go back and listen to it and then come back here. And then get back uh, here. And then come right back here and then yeah, switch from Christmas to Halloween and then back to Christmas. The Nightmare Before Christmas, the nightmare they do before it. Christmas. They do it, yeah. So we can do We're it too. We're going to no do rules. But really the reason why I'm not going to talk about it here is because this is a Christmas episode, not a Halloween episode, duh. And also because The Legend of Sleepy Hollow really has nothing at all to do with this episode. The writers just wanted to name the town Winter Hollow and they wanted the villain to be able to take off his head and throw it at people. Other than that, it has nothing to do with Ichabod Crane. It has nothing to do with anything else at all. A horse, a horse man. Like, yeah, just, they, just like, they just wanted those two details. <laughs> yes. oh, okay, interesting, so, very specific. Yes, Fine. so where does mystery come into this whole town debacle? Well, that same evening, they happen to be making their way through the area on a very winding, icy, hilly road, driving through the snow, And they're on their way to actually spend their Christmas Eve and I I think their Christmas holiday in general at uh, Daphne's uncle's condo in the mountains of a town called Mills Corner. And it seems to me like Daphne's uncle will not be there. Like he's almost like Airbnb-ing his condo Mm. out so that Mr. Inc. can just like have a fun time, like besties all chilling for the holidays, not with their parents or their family, but taking a road trip far away to instead spend it with their best friends and their dog. Maybe they'll come into a mystery on the way and they'll need to all be together in case something happens. How shockingly convenient would that be? Weird. And nothing happens. The episode's over. They have a great Christmas. And it's over. They get to the condo. They share some eggnog. and All of their families show up. Yep. Everyone comes in. They fly into town. It's a good time. (laughs) And then they go home. I don't know what happened to that scary snowman who just almost (laughs) killed those kids. He may have killed them. And no one will ever know. Different town. Not Mr. Yang's problem. Different problem. Merry Christmas from (laughs) (laughs) Hanna-Barbera. So, no. You could guess that is not the case. In fact, as Mystery Inc. is driving their van through these icy roads, everyone is in the car, very excited to celebrate, you know, I guess this time away from family at the condo up in the mountains. Fred's driving, kind of swerving as he's struggling to like handle the elements and (laughs) Uh Shaggy Shaggy and uh, Scooby are just in the back, like wrapping gifts and everyone. And they're all excited. Christmas music is playing. It's just the season is bright and merry, but the excitement is deflated when the gang runs into um, essentially, you know, the, a road closure because the bridge ah. that they need to take over this like canyon in, in the area for some reason to Mills Corner happens to be blown out essentially like I forget if they just have it like closed down for construction or if you like zoom out and you actually see like half of the bridge blown oh my up. God. Okay. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but the road is closed down and there's definitely okay. no way for them to cross over. Mm. So 
the bridge being the only way they know how to get to Daphne's uncle's condo, they decide to turn back around and pull over into the nearby town or like the, the town that they last passed by. Yeah. The town of Winter Hollow. They were no so close less. to not running into this mystery. So close. You're like, damn, we thought that we were about to have a nice Christmas or at least Scooby and Shaggy are clearly thinking this, like, come on, we were so close. This was about to be a Christmas miracle, not running into <laughs> yeah, any ghosts or miracle. demons. Yes. <laughs> But no, so they stop over in this town and they get out of their car. And as soon as they get out of the mystery machine, this group of children who we were very briefly introduced to before, literally like runs right by them, damn near knocking them all over. Like, get the fuck out of the way. We're being chased. We also (laughs) murdered. Yeah, they unfortunately don't, they aren't that specific about what they're running away from because everyone in Mystery Inc. is like, well, what the fuck was that about? And Shaggy though, he points like, well, maybe he can answer it. And he points behind the rest of Mystery Inc. And they turn around to see, a giant snowman just kind of awkwardly sitting in like a plaza in town across from like where they parked. He's like, hey, he's like he's just it? chilling. Yeah, thankfully. I, I don't think he's okay. talking, but like, yeah, it's just just the snowman sitting there, but also inauspicious. <laughs> Why like is this the snowman, snowman from before? It yes, but not evil and menacing. It's okay. it, but yes, it is the snowman from before. But at okay, this but point, no it's not moving breaking. around, so it just looks like a snowman that someone built in the middle of the city on this okay. snowy day in the hills. Yes. Okay. So, and that is actually exactly what Vilma says after uh, Shaggy <laughs> points out the snowman. She's like, Shaggy, that's just a snowman. Yeah, you dumbass. <laughs> you dummy. It's fu- look out, look around us. It's fucking pouring snow right now. We almost crashed getting here because of the ice. What's also, so special? It's a snowman. <laughs> it's a snowman. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna ask him? Okay. Yeah. What's the plan? So uh yeah. So Velma, Fred, and Daphne clearly dismiss any concern that Shaggy is like expressing for this totally normal appearing snowman across the way and the three of them walk into a nearby diner to look for help or assistance on how to get to mills corner Uh meanwhile shaggy which is kind of funny like that shaggy doesn't also run into the diner knowing how much he loves to eat yeah i mean he's still feeling a little sus about this snowman i guess he's like i swear i didn't see it there when we pulled into here so what the fuck is going on with the snowman? So he and Scooby are still kind of like looking at it and like get a little closer to it. Uh-huh. And they seems actually, like a bad idea. It does seem like a bad idea because they since they're like, okay, well, let's fuck around and find out. Well, <laughs> they always. find out the snowman like animates itself, comes to life and just like gets in their face and like Terrifying. grins evilly at them. So they run away, scared shitless. Um, yes, good call. Directly into the diner. Yes. And so when they get inside, I guess they're, they don't have a chance to tell the gang what they saw out there, because as soon as they get in, they see that the gang is kind of being berated by this local guy named Jeb, no no less Jeb. Jeb. He's like a kind of older, shorter guy with, he looks like, um, 
like a like a fort like a miner from like 1949 going oh, okay. out to, to San Francisco with like that like the leather like <laughs> duster hat and like the coat and like maybe like a little scarf overneath like hunched over Does, like, like, we don't note. need any more out of towners in here yeah. yeah like do all of the animators of Scooby-Doo just like think that people in the service industry look like this because I'm thinking of like your <laughs> Seattle episode of Scooby-Doo like the people who worked at the bar like have like yeah. the big like trench coat thing yeah. like they are just old-timey people always I guess I don't know like yeah super stereotypical of yeah, uh of what you think these people look like but yeah, yeah. I, I mean I guess they're like definitely trying to paint the town in a certain way yes you know like look at this guy he's like lost in the past he doesn't he doesn't yeah. like the new folks in town because he is like telling them, you guys got it. We have all too many newcomers here Which, already. Like, this also feels adding too to the stereotype. Real. Right. Of like both adding to the stereotype mm-hmm. and too real of like thinking like, yeah, like a lot of like ski resorts build right next to mining towns, old mm-hmm. mining towns, and just don't give yeah. a poop about the people who they're just storm steamrolling into. So yep. Yep. Hmm, some social commentary and- by Scoobs. Exactly. Indeed. And they build on the social commentary later. We'll talk about when we get to a little bit of the backstory behind this. What the fuck is going on with the snowman who is haunting this town? I forgot that was the actual crime. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, what's happening? So yeah, no, it's actually just this uh, xenophobic dude telling them, (laughs) get these newcomers out. That's surreal crime. Right. Uh, He's like the one who blew up the bridge to keep people from the other side coming in, but he didn't coming think over. about like, ah, damn, people come from that way too, though. Right, Shit. and they're all going to be stuck and, here now. I want them to keep going to- This isn't working. <laughs> yes. So uh, in the middle of being berated by Jeb, Fred and Daphne are like, hey, dude, what the fuck is up with you? Where's your Where's your Christmas spirit? And mm-hmm. Jeb is like, huh. We don't, he like shudders at the, at the, the hearing the word uh, Christmas. Like, Ooh, we don't celebrate Christmas around here. Winter Hollow doesn't do that. The true crime. And essentially the truth, really though, let's be real, wrap, round them all up. Every parent in town, round call them up. An American? So call, it, call in the feds. Something's wrong here. <laughs> yeah, they're not spending enough money in Winter Hollow. Mm-hmm. Capitalism is not being properly exactly. respected. <laughs> Our true God in this country. Yes. The almighty dollar. Capitalism was born on this day. Yes. Died for our sins. December 25th. That looks like a good day to do it. (laughs) Boom. Let's. All right. Never mind. We're going to stop right there. So anyway. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. So uh, yes, Jeb explains that due to the town of Winter Hollow being frequently terrorized, by the headless snowman for years and years on end. Uh, the town has essentially stopped celebrating Christmas mm. because he always happens to come right before Christmas, like typically on Christmas Eve or like that week leading up to Christmas. Okay. And he just tears the town apart, going house by house, ripping bricks off from the chimney oh and just destroying the place. Scary. It's pretty terrifying the way that they uh, show the snowman in action. And uh, we'll talk about that in a moment too. So the sheriff of the town, her name is Sheriff Perkins. She happens to also be at this diner as Jeb is like 
kind of getting louder and louder and creating a scene telling the story to these newcomers like where you see everyone like slowly stop eating and like turning around and like god he's fucking doing it again (laughs) we want these tours we want the tourism economy jeb stop ruining it the economy is fucking busted here because no one's (laughs) coming all right we need do you see how nice of a ski resort town this could be (laughs) ain't nobody coming because jeb keeps blowing up the bridges in town (laughs) keeping us trapped here keeping us like afraid of this damn monster yeah damn okay we can't even escape if we wanted to (laughs) so sheriff perkins comes over and like tries to calm down the scene and calm jeb down like okay jeb calm down you're gonna scare these kids take it easy too late at least for shaggy and scooby they're already fucking terrified And Sheriff Perkins warns the kids, don't listen to Jed. He's, he's got a reputation around this town. <laughs> There's something wrong with that boy, let me tell you. And, uh, it's actually very funny. She says, he's about as reliable as a fox guarding a hen house. <laughs> so, Ooh. which also though, I mean, like, it depends. Like a fox, if, if the fox really wants the hens, like maybe it'll tell you the truth to get to the hens sooner. She could have well, clarified that a little bit more, but I see what she was getting at. Is guarding the hen house from other foxes so that the first yeah. fox can have all the treats to themselves. Facts. Yeah, maybe Jeb wants mm-hmm. to keep all the skiing to himself. Yeah, exactly. Jeb actually knows how he's a man of class. He actually <laughs> loves skiing. He like throws off the like leather dirty clothes. And has like, like all these Olympic medals. Full suit, like onesie, like all yeah. like 80s skiers. Exactly. Like uh the very vibrant, like pastel yeah. colors. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So uh, as Sheriff Perkins is trying to calm down the scene though, Jeb, he's still kind of going off and saying that the headless snowman indeed is real and that uh, there have been a number actually of recent incidents to prove this, saying that all these people around town have recently had their chimneys broken down and their houses destroyed, saying that this is evidence that the snowman is back and he's here to terrorize and ruin our holiday once more. So the sheriff, though, she's like, dude, again, you're just crazy. No snowman destroyed those chimneys. They were just like super freaking old because this town is super old and you keep blowing up bridges so we can't get new supplies. (laughs) All of our tax dollars are going to this fucking bridge. I know. The infrastructure. Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Stop what you're doing. Yeah. So Vilma, she interrupts all this back and forth between the sheriff and Jeb. And she's like, yeah, yeah, this this is all nice and cool and and well. And you're right, Jeb is probably a little, little crazy. But (laughs) sheriff, we really actually just stopped in here to find directions so that we could get around that busted bridge or that broken down bridge. So if you know of any detours or whatever, so we can get to Mills Corner in time. (laughs) And the sheriff in response gives Vilma the most ridiculous directions that would literally take them like four hours to get through. She's like, yeah, you're just going to want to like take the highway up to this like random abandoned farmhouse. And then you'll take that road for another two hours. And then you'll turn left at a farmhouse until you see whatever. And then you got to go up, up. These are literally directions (laughs) of like every sending you to your uh, murder (laughs) yeah exactly every landmark our name is an opportunity to get murdered slash another mystery 
facts. You aren't Which getting out of it. <laughs> you're not, you're not. And the gang realizes this because they're like, okay, to stop, stop. They like cut the sheriff off. Like we're, let's just find a hotel here. We're going to just stay the night in winter hollow. And then mm. we'll either figure something out in the morning or we'll just have our holiday here instead. Mm-hmm. So they make their way over to what is probably the only hotel or like lodge or inn Mm-hmm. in the town of Winter Hollow, and it is called the Dewdrop Inn. Cute. And when, when it is, it's actually, it's cute. It looks like a nice little bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they enter, the living space, surprisingly, is like full of guests. Like all the sofas oh. are like just crowded. Everyone is taking up space in there. People are like huddled around the fire. And Daphne is like, I've never even heard of this little town of Winter Hollow. Why are there, how how and why are there so many tourists here? Especially with people like Jeb scaring everyone off. off. And so the manager of the inn actually comes up to the gang. It's a man named Asa Buckwald. And he's kind of a, he's like a taller, bigger guy. And he has like black, thick kind of curly hair and like a very deep voice. Mm -hmm. And kind of like a southern voice like oh well this just here is the end of, of winter hollow everyone here is just a local <laughs> like, oh. this, where is this town yeah, are to they ask. miners like, are they she sounds like, like the rock mountains this is so random but he actually sounds like do you remember from fairly odd parents uh dimmodome the dude that wore the big like tall like 10 gallon hat who owned like everything in town yes and he had a big it mustache just, too or something yes, yeah. yeah he always wore like spurs like a cowboy yeah he like was a like kind of like cowboy the suit kfc yes with the cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, this guy? I'm Dimidone, owner of the whatever Dimidone. <laughs> that's actually exactly what this guy sounds like that just hit me weird totally random yeah just to add to like where the fuck in the country is this i yeah, don't very know vague. so anyway this manager asa buckwald he comes up to the gang and tells them like well no 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 these are not tourists these are actually townsfolk these are all locals mm. and uh velma notes like well wow that's interesting that your business is booming with only locals around yeah, the holidays yeah and ace is like yeah well this happens every year it's a result of the headless snowman coming back and you know that rascal every year he comes and destroys houses in the town or whatever oh, so it's and like so people are like running from their homes basically exactly so he oh. says since their houses are destroyed they need a place to stay because they can't leave with the holiday being right around the corner so usually every year this happens where a wow. bunch of them will just stay at the dew drop in and it's my business is booming it's kind of nice for me but sucks for their houses though yeah Yeah. damn so the gang is able to get a room uh like one of the last rooms available lucky in the end yeah i wasn't gonna say it but it's pretty funny actually so they ask if there's a room available and ace is like well i can show you the last one i've got he opens a door it's literally a fucking storage closet grace (laughs) Is Daphne crying? No. In fact, this is how, this is one of the first instances, at least in our coverage of uh, what's new Scooby-Doo. Yeah, they give Daphne a personality. She like pulls out a, um, an electric drill or whatever, like puts on some goggles and she's like, 
leave this to me. She like goes in the storage closet and closes the door and you just hear like hammering and drilling and like sawing. And she opens it back up and it's now this beautiful like two bedroom suite <laughs> with like a, a decorated Christmas tree and like painted walls that. and a beautiful carpet. And Daphne's just like, a woman's touch. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I don't watch all those home gardening shows for nothing or whatever. HGTV? Yes. Yeah, I own it. Uh, my, exactly. It's owned by the Blake family. <laughs> Wow. I have weekly meetings with uh what's her name from the Magnolia, whatever. Like, oh my Chip god, and Joanna. Joanna. And Chip. <laughs> yeah. I taught them She's everything. Like, they I know. taught them everything they know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, Daphne finally has a personality and is actually useful. And what's new Scooby-Doo? We do love it. We do love it. So they're getting settled into this inn. And as they are, um, you know, just only moments later they all start to hear these large, almost like explosion sounding and rumbling noises from okay. outside nearby. And so they're all like grabbing their coats and scurrying through the hotel or through the inn to see what's going on out there. And they run outside and see that the chimney of a nearby house appears to have either collapsed or been totally blown out pretty oh. much exposing like a whole wall of this house is gone exposing oh. the inside of the house so it's not just like oh we knocked down a chimney or a couple bricks it's like it's it's like a pot a pile of bricks i mean you have three quarters of a home or <laughs> three quarters of the walls Whoa. of your home okay yeah. and i mean maybe it's not like the whole fourth wall is gone but like but there's a massive gap where the chimney used to yeah, be yeah there's a hole in yeah home there's a massive hole yes okay this is structurally it. very dangerous yes, and understood risky. so the gang runs over there and Sheriff Perkins is already on the scene investigating like looking at this pile of bricks that's been left behind and Vilma just like interjects, like, I don't care if the sheriff is already on this or not. I'm going to get straight to interviewing witnesses. And so the only God. witness, unfortunately, happens to be a young boy named Tommy, actually the same boy who happened oh. to be climbing on the snowman at the very beginning of our mm. episode today. Interesting. So Vilma, calmly trying to calm his nerves, asked Tommy, hey, what happened here? And Tommy, he goes into flashback mode and he's like, well, I was sitting on the chair, looking out the window, waiting for Santa by the fireplace. And then next thing I knew, cold air started blowing through the chimney and through the fireplace and the mm -hmm. fire went out. And then the next thing I knew, the entire house was freezing cold and I turned around and the headless snowman just appeared behind Ooh, okay. me standing by the chimney nope, or standing like by that. the fireplace but it wasn't just standing there as a snowman it was standing there holding its head in hand Ooh. in its little stick hands and started just you know literally turned around and just like clawing with his stick hands at this chimney fire yeah, what kind of wood is he it's using on his hands tear down bricks it's intense They're, they look like claws so yeah it's like straight up just um oh sticks but they're like very sharp and pointy and he's just like raw <laughs> like, just going in on this chimney oh, just like God. ripping the bricks out immediately just Damn. like making it look easy 
And uh, yeah, so then Tommy like fades out, like he's like shuddering, like remembering, like <sighs> he destroyed the house. It was terrifying. Yeah. And so <laughs> Tommy though, he's not really worried about the house. He's a kid. So his, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> his first thought is, how's Santa going to come without a chimney on the house? This is the day Tommy learned there's no such thing. There is no Santa. No, no, no. Mr. Ink could not ruin the boy's day that much. Oh, okay. Good. So they say, you know what? You're right, Tommy. You, you've been through a lot and you do indeed need to see Santa. He, they're like saddened by Tommy saying that this monster just keeps ruining the town's holidays and how mm. none of the kids in town have ever really had a Christmas because every year, their chimneys yeah, fucking get murdered. ripped down by this snowman, <laughs> this headless snowman. Great. So Fred, he's moved by this and he immediately mobilizes Mystery Inc., promising little Tommy and Sheriff Perkins. He's I guess like, he's like, he's like, who are you, kid? You never actually introduced yourselves at the right. diner, by the way. You just asked me for directions and then left. And then you, you did not like my response. Yeah. <laughs> It's so but thanks, like, don't worry it. guys we got this we're gonna we solve this mystery <laughs> and so the gang they follow the snowman's tracks into the woods behind little tommy's house until you guessed it the snowman sneaks up on them and actually flips it and reverses it and chases them through the woods classic they're able to get away again classic scooby-doo antics and they regroup around the fireplace in the inn. Uh, before I get to that, though, I do want to say also, like, there, the snowman does actually have tracks, technically, I guess, because... Yeah, um, I was going to ask, is it just, like, a line? Yeah, to make it even more terrifying, not only does he have sticks for arms, he has, like, sticks for legs, too. And they huh? look like, like, like chicken or rooster like legs. Skirt and it's, like, <laughs> legs. It pulls up, like, the snow, but it's little legs. I wish oh my god that'd be so funny <laughs> you just see like the three you know snow boulders uh -huh. on top of little stick legs <laughs> but, but the legs are terrifying because they look like talons like they look like chicken oh. legs or something but they're all just brown sticks Weird. and so he's like actually running after them on these like stick oh. legs like these talons like hopping over shit running oh. after them with claws so making it even more Very terrifying and yeah to add to like they did actually have like tracks to follow in the woods not yeah not just like a line from the yeah. man like like um as it would be in uh courage, courage the cowardly yeah, so I was wondering. yeah no they they freaked them and actually gave them legs in this too huh. as if as if an evil headless snowman with the sharp carrot nose wasn't scary enough. They're like, right, yeah, let's give him talons. like stick talons too. Cool. Yeah, let's give him some yeah. knives. This way, <laughs> cool, awesome. This way he can throw knives and run after the kids rather than just like sliding through the snow. Right, exactly. Yeah. And take his head off too. Cool, cool. exactly. Awesome. So anyway, uh, regrouped around the fireplace in the inn, we see all of Mystery Inc. trying to make sense of what the fuck is going on with this monster snowman attacking this poor town. And Asa Buckwald, the manager, he uh, enters the room, bring in the gang like some cocoa or whatever to help them warm up. 
and to talk with him about anything that he may know about the legend of this mm. uh, this headless snowman. And so Asa informs them that he's actually called in a friend of his who happens to have done extensive research on the headless snowman and on kind of essentially like all of the folklore and like tales and history of mm. Winter Hollow. And this okay. is a man by the name. Yeah, pretty cool that they have that small town, you know, gotta, yeah. gotta have your local historian as well. Exactly. And uh, this guy, his name is Professor Higginson. Okay. And uh, Asa explains that he's bringing in Professor Higginson, essentially like to brief the teens, debrief with them on what they witnessed and what happened at Tommy's okay. house. And also yeah. just so that he could share his knowledge with them and then like inspect the site of the recent attacks. Right, cool. Um, but before Professor Higginson arrives, we actually see more guests enter the dew drop in. Oh. And very sadly, it's Tommy and his family because their home was just destroyed. <laughs> and so Tommy makes his way in like dad will we be able to celebrate you know what here like afraid to even say it like thinking the the snowman just gonna like bust through the 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 window right then and there he's traumatized he's traumatized and the dad is just like well Tommy we sure will do our best won't we he's like Asa I'm sure you heard we were hit we were the most recent ones hit Oh can God. you clear our room out for us? And Ace is like, of course, my gear, my good friends, come up, bring it oh in. Let's, let's get Where's you guys that? safe. And also I would just like to point out randomly because I was inspired by your last episode because you called out some pretty like big names in the voice cast of uh, oh, yes. the 101 Dalmatians episode. Um, he only has like that one line there, but I was, as I was researching for this episode, I found out that the guy voicing Tommy's dad is none other than the legend Mark Hamill, aka Luke Skywalker what? from the Star Wars what? movies, and also like the Joker from the Batman animated series, yeah, and yeah, skips why from regular shows. I don't know, he had that one random, I guess he was in the neighborhood that day. Yeah, I guess so. They're like, like, hey, you can do voices. Can you just real quick sound like a stressed out dad on Christmas Eve for like five minutes? We'll give you like $500. Okay. It's not like this cool. was like in the 60s original Scooby-Doo before Star Wars. This was post-Star Wars. Like This was post-Star Wars. Yeah, this was very 2002. successful at this point. Yes, exactly. Oh, well, okay. I would even argue that Mark Hamill, and this is a super tangent. I, I'm, I love this Here. dude, though. He's in so many great shows. But I would argue that his voice acting career is as prolific, if not more, than mm, like his Star true. Wars stuff. Cause he's in like way more stuff than what I realized. Like yeah, he's, he's in a lot of parent- animated voiceover yeah. stuff. Yeah, interestingly enough. So anyway, just fun fact that yeah, uh, he's fact. in this episode for there literally just that one line. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess they were like, hey, he, he's around. He's, I think he's down, he's down the hall filming something else. So just <laughs> ask him if he's coming down come in for this real quick. Very um, interestingly that like this episode so I'm just thinking about on the other Scooby-Doo episodes we've covered of like, this is having like very, I mean, I guess, you know, we've seen like, you know, there are robbers, people were like their safes were getting robbed in some episodes and stuff, but this is like a consistent other human beings besides like Mystery Inc. are being harmed. Not like yeah. we're being scooped. We don't want to come to like the 
fiesta in mexico but like our homes are being destroyed by a monster thing yeah like our livelihood like this is like a far-reaching impact exactly going on yeah like a lot of people there, there's a lot more at stake here not yeah, to say yeah, yeah. that stealing artifacts from an ancient aztec pyramid like there's not a lot at stake there but like the impact of that is not directly seen right there's a very immediate on, real impact yeah. happening like we're literally seeing this family come into the end yeah. because he's like a wall was just blown out of our fucking house and it's Christmas Eve. We can't stay there. Right. Also, it was done while my son was home. Like, <laughs> yeah. Looking at like my son face this monster. Yes. Yeah. So it's very intense. Um, Go on. Asa, please clear a room for us right now. <laughs> yeah. We need this. Traumatized. Yeah. So um, at this point, the gang is also pretty sus on Asa because they're like kind of weird that this businessman is just booming in business right around the holidays and how his business is doing oh so well don't you think Hmm. which like fair point obviously we're all always a little bit skeptical of big business I don't know if I'd call Asa big business here, but yeah. he is like bragging a lot about how well his end He's does doing. around this time of year. Got it. So at this time, after Asa is able to find uh, a room for poor Tommy's family, uh, we then see the professor Higginson frantically entering the inn. He's like taking his hat off and his scarf and jacket, like as he's walking in. Yeah, it's like, Asa, I came as quickly as I could. (laughs) Let me describe this professor. He's honestly, he's like, I don't know, actually. (laughs) He is a very typical professor looking guy, you know, uh, white guy, blonde, or not blonde, my God, uh, brown, like comb over, mustache, we'll say a Charlie Chaplin looking one rather than another <laughs> oh, type of person looking one. Oh, no. um, uh, kind of like smaller guy, a lot smaller than Asa, uh-huh. you know, classic, like old historian nerdy looking guy. Yeah. And yes, with the oddly maybe British accent, like, like he is- As vague as the location yeah, of the story is. Exactly. But like Got where it. we clearly hear Jeb and Asa with like these big old boom and mama town, minor town type of voices. We don't like your tops around here professor higginson walks in like asa i came as quickly as i could please direct me right now to to the (laughs) the children to the children where are they i must know what happened i've got to know (laughs) for my research but it's like in and out of a british accent which makes Hmm. it very hard to imitate yeah um pin down (laughs) exactly i'm like where is this man from (laughs) and he he does though he introduced well i guess asa introduces the professor to the gang Mm. saying that uh he teaches you know near outside of a place called mills corner at like mills Mm. university or something like that and that he actually has written a lot of the books on the very uh bookshelves right next to them in the inn about the history of the town and so vilma she you know grabs one off the shelf and is kind of flipping through it as the professor is also you know talking about what he's researched before saying that um, he's been trying to learn more about the ghost of a man named Black Jack Brody for many years now and would travel through any sort of weather to the town of Winter Hollow to find out whatever he could. And Vilma cuts in at that point to explain, ah, yes, Black Jack Brody, per your book here, 
he is the man already read she's already like speed reader and done this is the man (laughs) actually (laughs) let me tell you professor higginson who wrote about black jack brody who black jack brody is He apparently is the man uh, who is believed to be the headless snowman. Okay. And the professor is like, that is correct, Vilma. Indeed, Blackjack Brody is a man uh, who was uh, living in the town of Winter Hollow way back in like 1823. And it was on Christmas Eve in the year 1823 when another man by the name of Seamus Fagan rode into Winter Hollow. And Fagan had just immigrated to the country and brought with him a fortune in gold. But as Mr. Seamus Fagan made his way down this like dark, snowy, winding road into Winter Hollow, it was like on horseback and chair, or not chariot, God, uh, buggy. Well, he's uh-huh. Roman, actually. He's an ancient Yeah, not Roman. Irish as the yes. name may, may have yes. made you think right no 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 (laughs) plot twist in (laughs) scooby-doo no Uh, stereotype (laughs) so uh while he was making his way with his you know horse-drawn carriage down this road he was actually attacked and it kind of sounds like beaten to death by blackjack brody the infamous highway robber oh okay and so you see this like all being told through like a black and white flashback by uh professor higginson Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure Blackjack Brody has like a wooden club. So pretty sure he like bludgeoned Fagan oh to, death. God, to death. He, yeah, he didn't just like stab him or shoot him. He had like a blunt like instrument. To death. Yeah, and uh, stole all of the gold from his carriage. Uh-huh. Um, so word about this murder, I guess, and robbery quickly spread around the small village again in the year 1823. Mm-hmm. And an angry mob almost immediately formed throughout the town, searching for Blackjack Brody and hoping to bring him to justice. Mm-hmm. So they searched throughout the town for days and days looking for the man, but he was nowhere to be found. And also looking for the gold that was believed yeah. to be murder victims. But none of this was ever discovered for days, days, until, however, a man noticed a snowman in the middle of the woods. He kind of broke from the rest of the search party and wandered into the woods and saw a snowman just kind of creepily, eerily sitting there, standing Mm -hmm. there. And he started to, like, wipe the snow away and accidentally knock the head off. And he saw that underneath was the frozen, solid, dead body of Black Jack Brody, the robber. This is very violent. It's very violent and very, I guess it's not graphic because they don't like show the blood or anything, but But anyway, (laughs) but but they're describing it. Yes. And apparently he hid himself in the snowman after killing Seamus Fagan and hiding and yes, and hiding the gold. But since they never, since the town was persistent in looking for him and never really stopped, he was unable to get out and he ended up freezing to death before he could make his way to safety and retrieve the gold that he had hid. That's a horrible getaway plan. Horrible getaway. 
So <gasps> Professor Higginson says, yes, Blackjack Brody. We call him Blackjack, I guess, because he was like covered in soot or something when they found him. I guess he worked yeah. in the chimney. I don't know. But <laughs> any, anyway, that is the tale of Blackjack Brody for you children who are randomly investigating this town and this <laughs> area. <laughs> welcome, welcome. I'll tell you everything. <laughs> Trying to imitate whatever friggin' accent he has. <laughs> so at this point, Daphne's like, well, dude, this isn't just an urban legend though. I know your books make it seem like this didn't really happen, but that snowman is real. And he just destroyed little Tommy's house. Yeah. Also, it's so funny. They keep calling it like Tommy's house. Like <laughs> his parents, what's his, his parents with, this kid doesn't pay shit with, he's a little spoiled they could brat. <laughs> only pay for one line from Mark Hamill that they had to make Tommy yeah. the main character instead of the dad. Exactly. Oh, thank you for saying that too. I just remembered who Tommy is voiced by actually. Oh. It's uh, Junie, AKA the little boy, Daryl Sabara from Spy Kids. What? Yes. Like the little redheaded kid? The little redheaded kid. <laughs> he voices Tommy. Yeah, oh, I, I meant weird. to say that too. Like the voice cast in this episode is randomly really cool and fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so that. he did get paid big bucks, I guess, because he has multiple lines in this. Wow. And it also, another side tangent, I am almost done with the episode, so I'll fill up more <laughs> time with side tangents. Um, it made me it made me feel really old because I was like, 2002, what fucking year did Spy Kids come out? I remember Uh-oh. watching that. But yeah, both of those actors are like kind of our ages too. Like, I think he may be like a couple that. years younger. I know, but I was like, God damn, that makes me feel so old now to think, God because damn. that guy, he's a father now. Um, no. So there's also that, yeah. No. Anyway, no. yeah. He's not little Tommy anymore. Now he now he actually knows how painful it would be to have your chimney ripped down on Christmas Eve. <laughs> he could Eve. play the dad now. He, he could play the dad, dad. Yes, because he's, yeah. Oh, God. Anyway. Again, yeah. this is like, uh, that would be like the sequel to the horror movie is like little Tommy grown up and now he's the dad trying he's to protect dad. his kid from the trauma. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So anyway, yeah, more, more fun facts about this episode. <laughs> um, as Daphne explains that little Tommy's house was just destroyed, Higginson is like, oh, you're right. One of the oldest houses in town. I have to go investigate quickly. And he like starts putting his coat and his hat on and everything. And mm-hmm. as he's leaving, Asa makes a good point. Like, oh, you're right. Tommy does have one of the oldest houses in town. I guess second only maybe to Jeb. I think his house is a little bit older. Mm. And so Higginson runs out of the inn and the gang, they're like, hmm, let's not go back to Tommy's house to investigate. Let's go check out Jeb's house. You know, that old creepy guy who clearly hates us. Let's go see what his house has to offer. And that's exactly what they do. They technically knock, but when they knock, it like opens the front doors. And so they all so welcome. Like, hey, we'll just come on in. So technically, actually, first they ask if anyone is home before they make their way in. But Uh, when no one responds, they make their way in. Right on it. So I guess technically the first straight up crime of the show uh mystery inc breaks into poor jeb's house <laughs> breaking well, it in the ring crime by them we did see a house get destroyed true true we assume yeah that it was the snowman that's true we don't well, know like, if tommy's telling the truth or not he could yeah, just yeah, be, yeah. tommy seems like an unreliable house is yeah for sure for all, we, 
probably know the house is structurally unsound. Like the sheriff said, it's just super fucking old and the chimney just fell. Oh, true, true, she's true, still, true. she's still working the case. We don't know yet. Mystery Inc. is interfering as per Innocent usual. until proven guilty. Exactly. All around. You're so, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no one says that they're home at Jeb's house and they go ahead and barge inside anyway, but so that they can like write him a nice little note and leave it on his office desk letting him know also that he kind of is in danger. Super sketchy. Thank you. Would you want to get home to like a dark, cold house, go into your office and just see a note that says, Jeb, run for your life. You're in danger. But like nothing, nothing else. Or even if it was like signed Freddie Jones, like yeah, Jeff no. doesn't fucking know your name. <laughs> yeah, no, that you still came into my home unannounced. You touched my like pad of paper and pen. Uh, uh-uh. yeah, this is you a wrote threat. Me a fucking note? Yeah, I would immediately yeah. be calling Sheriff Perkins. Like, excuse me, someone uh-huh. has broken into my. You need to like immediately get the dogs out and find yeah. who did this. Yeah, none of this is okay. <laughs> Mystery Inc. did not read the room as per usual. Uh, so. I will admit though, they did say that it's, they didn't just say he's in danger. They did say that the headless snowman appears to be targeting the oldest houses in town, but doesn't make it any less sketchy that someone broke into his house and like touched his shit. So it feels like a threat. Yeah, it absolutely does. He was like, why don't you just go back to the diner and tell him? Yeah, he was there. I mean, whatever. Anyway, they're teenagers, Grace. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. All you okay any we know chance that they Freddy... can get to break into someone's yes. house <laughs> so we know freddie loves grave robbing this is one step removed he loves Put oh no that. so anyway as they're leaving this note no. in no. jeff's house the lights mm-hmm. of course go out and cold air immediately blows throughout the house appearing uh-huh. to come from the fireplace nearby And as the kids like start to figure out like, oh shit, something must be wrong. They turn around and they see none other than the headless snowman who has just burst into the home, immediately rips off its head and just like chucks it (laughs) as per usual at the gang, I think. Or maybe he just like rips it off to show like, ha see, it's me. I'm headless. I'm scary. (laughs) Boo, run. I have no head. And so, yes, the gang, they all like- book it around the house and just hide in various places as the snowman furiously makes his way in and just starts again just as he did at little Tommy's house tearing apart this fireplace and chimney brick by brick ferociously like roaring as he's doing it and somehow the gang I think like Scooby sneezes or something and blows their cover of where they're all hiding and so classic chase ensues with the snowman leading or sorry running the uh the teens out of the house but leading them into the nearby woods the gang though they're used to this they get chased all the time by terrifying adults and costumes so they're able to escape and regroup uh elsewhere in the woods and like catch their breath but weirdly as they're catching their breath 
uh, Sheriff Perkins just like pops out of like the trees and the bushes nearby. <laughs> like <laughs> thought I heard some commotion. Oh, I should also say she randomly has like a Minnesotan accent. So adding <laughs> to the Where ambiguity. Is this town? <laughs> she's like sorry I thought I heard a commotion in the area so I came to check in on you she's actually just like a comedian a Canadian sheriff which is why she's like she's a Mountie so nice and letting them come investigate she kind of does have like that it's not red but it is like that beige you know with the like the, the hat Mountie type hat yeah <laughs> she like she looks like a park ranger essentially wow okay so, incredible yeah a little a little bit of inspiration there probably from the royal mounted police <laughs> yeah um and so Velma and the gang, they're like also kind of sus on the fact that Sheriff Perkins is so quickly yeah. able to like keep popping up whenever or shortly after the snowman appears. Yes, indeed. So they're like building cases, you know, against yeah, all of these locals. Here. Right. And they go back to the inn after this chase and this scare. And um, they're putting together all of their notes. They're saying, all right. Asa is like super profiting off of the snow, the headless snowman being here. Mm -hmm. The sheriff happens to keep showing up every time that the snowman appears, which also like, okay, yeah, because she's fucking doing her job as police <laughs> officers should be. Yeah, if there's a crime, uh -huh. they need to be there immediately. Yeah, we can like argue both sides of, of exactly so far okay yes and then they also note that jeb really doesn't want visitors in town so maybe he's trying to scare people away slash also scare people into staying because they can't go anywhere because the bridge is blown out yeah they have, to, they have to stop traveling yeah so Vilma is like, well, let's perhaps read through more of Professor Higginson's books and see if there's anything else we can we can find out about this this local legend of the snowman. And so she opens one up and hands it to Fred, and they're all reading together. And she notices that one of them is called Local Legends of New England, and it's written by not just Professor Higginson, but mm -hmm. Professor William. Fagan Higginson, PhD, no less. Oh, oh, okay. And Vilma's like, interesting. The name Fagan must be popular around these parts. Whatever these parts are. Whatever, whatever the fuck these parts. Minnesota, San Francisco, Gold Rush. I don't fucking Canada. know where we are. Upstate Maine with all the snow and mountains. <laughs> yeah, Canada, where the fuck are we? I'm not know. sure, but Fagan is a popular name around these parts. Okay. So Freddie then flips open to the chapter of that book about the headless snowman, which says, Grace, that Blackjack Brody was laid to rest in the Winter Hollow Cemetery. <laughs> Of course, Freddie flipped right to that page. Of course he did. AKA he saw that page earlier and was like, oh, he's dog-eared now, now like, he, Exactly. It's like, now's a good time for me to bring this up casually. Hey gang, Whoa. we should go investigate the cemetery where this guy happens to be buried. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Why do you have a shovel right? out already? <laughs> what? Oh, uh, it's for the snow around the tires. <laughs> So we can get our way out. But you know, we could also dig up his grave with this. You make a great wow, point, Daphne. Yeah, yeah. You're you're right. This was your idea. Yeah. He like also has like a headlamp on too. <laughs> like, it's dark out. It's snowy. Right. I always have this. 
<laughs> and so Fred tells the gang that they've got to split up because Shaggy and Scooby, I didn't mention it earlier, but like during the chase, I think they like fell into a frozen lake or something. And so they're like oh. super cold and like traumatized from being yeah. followed by this monster. So Fred's like, Shaggy, Scooby, you guys have done enough. You chill here. Okay. We know we all knew how he was gonna split up the gang anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. soon as he found out there was a cemetery there. So I'll like, be oh, here. Oh, you guys wanted to come this... to the cemetery too? Oh, sure, Daphne, you guys also sure. I was gonna say all of you chill at the Stay end here. while I go check out Blackjack Brody's grave and Hello. see. If I mean, no, it's I mean it's cool. It's like totally it's fine. Cool. Yeah, no, it's totally okay. fine. Yeah, I mean, cool. yeah, you yeah. guys can hold the lamps. It's it is dark. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. It's easier Thanks. to dig with two hands. I mean, I, I mean, think it would be I easier to it is. It, Let's just in go. theory. Yeah. Anyway, cool, cool. So yeah, <laughs> add this to his list of uh cemeteries, graves uh graves robbed, exactly, resting mm-hmm. places desecrated. Disturbed. So, <laughs> great. Um so Shaggy and Scooby, they stay back at the inn. They're trying to stay warm by the fire, chatting about how scary this ghost is and how it's indeed a Christmas miracle that Fred allowed them to stay back and stay warm and essentially just chill. Exactly. While they handle, while the rest of the gang handles all the creepy stuff. But as they're talking about this, of course, the lights in the mm-hmm. inn go out. And cold air again fills the inn and mm-hmm fire goes out in the fireplace and you just see all this cold air blowing in their faces and the boys look up and they see none other than the headless snowman who has appeared right there at the bed and breakfast and he immediately starts chasing the boys again like oh hey I remember y'all from the last house let's go let's go I didn't get you last time yep uh and this time he does straight up take off his head and like a fucking chucks it can't even think of what sport that like dodgeball style straight up just like launches oh. it right at them but they're yes. quick they're athletic as we've talked about in our scooby yes. arcs in the past they're able to escape and you know they don't get hit by the by the dangerous dodgeball snowman's head but we see finally just how sharp this carrot nose is as it literally punctures a hole into the wall and like sends cracks going through the wall yeah so if that had hit scooby or shaggy they most certainly would be dead impaled (laughs) impaled and not celebrating christmas the next morning Mm -mm. so they run out of the inn and they head into again the woods. I don't know why they keep running there. It's obviously the snowman's element. But mm-hmm. yes, they're like weaving in and out of the woods and around town, jumping over rooftops to escape the snowman, who again is terrifyingly on like twig talon legs, oh, right. running after them, jumping over roofs after them. Not happy. And they eventually. Nope. They eventually run into town. So they get off of one of these roofs and they're like, okay, we got to find somewhere to hide. But they see that Velma, Fred, and Daphne, apparently they either were in and out of the cemetery very quickly or they haven't even made it there yet because they're still just like in the town kind of scoping out the area, thinking of a way that they can trap the snowman if he happens to approach them. And Fred notices that, well, there are a lot of these like, you know, those especially when COVID started and dining moved outdoors, even in the winter, they had like those tall heater lamps Oh yeah. That just, they look like lamps with the little like ring at the top that just, mm-hmm. yeah. So they just, Fred notices a bunch of those. 
I guess maybe he steals them from a nearby resort and just like lines this town plaza with them. Okay. And it's like, okay, cool. So we've got this. This is going to essentially turn into like a heater box of sorts right here in the middle of the town. Okay. And if we can just trap the snowman in the middle of it, then we'll just melt him. Yeah. Okay. An interesting I guess. Very interesting approach. I guess maybe Daphne like talked him out of going to the cemetery on the way. Like, dude, are you just taking us to grave rob again? <laughs> There's no reason for us to go to Blackjack Brody's grave. They like realize that halfway there, like, wait a minute, Freddie. God damn turn, it, Fred. turn, turn around. We need to find a way to catch this dude. He's like whistling, like <laughs> as happy as can be. And they're like, Fred, Fred, Fred. not again. Freddie, no, 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 we're not doing this. Last time we literally almost got in trouble. Like really, we we almost like, got arrested. Everyone's watching us right now. The sheriff is always like two seconds away from us. Yeah. Wait until after we solve the crime to rob this Please. stupid grave. It's Christmas tomorrow. The last thing I want, <laughs> Daphne is saying this, like the last thing I want is to have to call daddy to bail us out of this podunk town's jail. Again. Again the night before Christmas. So- Come on. Um, yeah, so Shaggy and Scooby, as they're running away from the Headless Snowman, they see Velma and Fred and Daphne, like, setting up this trap in the plaza. Mm. It's kind of, like, perfect timing, because as uh, Shaggy and Scooby are running, and they're getting this trap, the others are getting this trap set up, Fred's like, okay, cool, so we got the mechanics here, now all we need to do is get Shaggy and Scooby to lure the uh, snowman into the trap ah, the bait as and it's always. perfect they didn't even have to go back to the end to get shaggy and scooby because ah, they were already they in action me. running to the to the gang the rest of the gang without even knowing that a trap was in the works and so the uh rest of the other three fred Velma, and daphne they kind of like scatter and hide and they let shaggy and scooby lure the snowman into the trap that mm. has been set And once the snowman runs into the plaza and quickly realizes that he's surrounded by all of these heater lamps, he tries to actually run away through the opening that he came in through. Uh, Yeah. But Freddie somehow was able to very quickly hop into the mystery machine and block that little exit slash entryway. So the snowman's like panicking, running around in circles, trying to get away from all this heat, but he immediately starts melting and very hilariously the writers have the snowman and like this kind of like robotic distorted voice like i'm melting (laughs) i'm melting has he spoken before this um i don't think he says any like words yeah he's just like roaring before this okay i don't think he has actually said any words so yes now we were like oh he can talk yeah okay it's even more terrifying now yeah. um but it's also just funny because it's like a direct quote from the wizard of oz yep. where, yeah with the witch when anyway so melting, yes funny how they did that uh so anyway uh yeah the snowman has now melted and they are able to like or melted enough to where they're able to like knock the head off and see Ooh. who exactly is underneath and inside and grace would you like to guess who is the headless snowman of Winter Hollow? I would, because there's a lot of people who have motivations here, mm-hmm. but also a lot mm-hmm. of people whose motivations could be, or whose uh, whose situations can be interpreted as a motivation when it's just not at all. Because right. like, yeah, the inn owner could be a motivation because he doesn't ever get business here because everyone goes to the other town. So this is one time a year he can get funds in. Yeah. It 
but at the same time like he could just be being a good Samaritan and maybe like yeah he's just housing his community when this horrible shit is happening um on the other hand the sheriff like doesn't have a lot of crime in this town ever so it's like are they trying to cut her something yeah and so all of a sudden she's like I need something consistently yeah Yeah. (laughs) to ensure that I don't lose my job Mm -hmm. but at the same time she could just be really good at her job and is always on the scene Mm -hmm. um we've got good apples (laughs) yeah we've got Jeb who clearly like doesn't want people coming through town so he always makes it super spooky Mm-hmm. But again, this made the gang stop in town because of the bridge situation. But maybe usually it's like people in surrounding towns have just heard of the spooky thing, the spooky snowman. Yeah. And so they know not to come. But at the same time, he could just legitimately not want his town to be taken over by um, a uh, by tourist economy. And he has Gentrifiers. nothing to do with the snowman. Yeah, he's just upset about people coming in and ruining his town and the real estate there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just talked myself tough. in and out of every person here. It's tough. Um, and I understand if you just want to leave it at that and fine. Yeah. No, I want to okay. guess. Um, I want to guess that it's Jeb because he seems real grumpy. He does. Yeah. About all of okay. it. Okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. And desperate. Well, he seems like he's been pushed to desperation. Yeah. And that he yeah. really believes in the snowman. Yeah. True like almost a little too much like yeah. bro it's chilly really it's almost like it. you're trying to convince us that he's real too like yes we we have our belief systems buddy yeah <laughs> take Back him elsewhere off. yeah well unfortunately no it was yeah. not jeb who was it uh it was indeed actually a metal robotic cone on the inside of the snowman what just kidding and well not just kidding it was indeed that but Velma is able to use her tech into whatever (laughs) to open the cone exposing none other than Professor William Fagan Higginson oh I didn't even put him on my suspect list I I forgot about that nerd I didn't (laughs) damn nerds it's always fucking them fucking shit up for everyone else yeah and the kids also did not initially have him on their suspect list as i noted in the script and in the story and as you even ran through jeb asa buckwad and sheriff perkins were the very likely suspects and culprits at first yes but once they get back to the end actually before they get back to the end when velma like sees that it's a professor he looks just all sad like oh (laughs) don and velma's like professor it's time for your lecture <laughs> I like don't want to laugh at it but I did but it's pretty good and Damn, he's trying to sell books to admit it. honestly that's kind of like if we were to wildly speculate that is ultimately what I would have said but oh I will, uh, he explained okay, go on. so I guess because the sheriff was not there because mystery inc took the law into their own hands to resolve these crimes and solve this mystery they decide to bring Higginson back to the inn to explain himself. Uh, But they do call in Sheriff Perkins and she joins them at the inn. So Higginson is explaining to Mystery Inc. and Asa and Sheriff Perkins and I believe Jeb and like Tommy's family, essentially the whole town since they're all there at the inn. Lecture. uh, (laughs) Lecture hall. His lecture, right? Everyone take notes. Here's some history. Christmas lecture. Yes. Ugh. Merry Christmas. Literally, this is why everyone hates nerds and professors. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to have a good holiday. Damn, a little Christmas knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So 
Higginson explains that in all of his years of research about the town of Winter Hollow and all of the legends and folk tales in the town, that he found out that Blackjack Brody, when he robbed Seamus Fagan, uh, yeah, Seamus Fagan, sorry, uh, in 1823, Blackjack Brody, he concealed the stolen gold in the town before hiding in the snowman in the woods and freezing to death. And Professor Higginson deduced that the hidden gold was somewhere in a chimney in the town, which is why Blackjack Brody, exactly, which is why Blackjack Brody was covered in chimney soot and which is why the old houses were being targeted because those were the ones there originally in 1823 when the murder and gold robbery and Blackjack Brody's death occurred. Mm. So Higginson claims that the gold in these chimneys is rightfully his because the man who was murdered, Seamus Fagan, was his great grandfather. Yes, his great grandfather, thus the name Seamus Fagan Higginson. I guess no one in the town actually looked at who wrote the books literally just no one in the town read the books they're like yeah or they're like i don't know this guy you wrote a book about us we we ain't reading folks around here but we love <laughs> when someone talks about us so we love this professor uh yeah Vilma Vilma was the first person and like Fred to be like oh wait this dude has the, the name of dude. the guy who was murdered he sounds like someone who would be vengeful right of or that real. murder yes Damn. so um, Higginson says that he, uh, that he believed that this gold was in these chimneys and that to hide or cover his search of people's chimneys for the gold that he believed was rightfully his, he revived this legend of the headless snowman and used it as a way to like still illegally, but nonetheless break into people's yeah. houses in disguise and he had to like send refrigeration whatever stuff through the houses which is why it would always get cold before he appeared so that his snowman suit wouldn't melt melt. in the uh in the houses so it's 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 kind of funny they like paint him as a history nerd this professor but it turns out he's also like a scientist too yeah because he's in this like temperature controlled like robotic cone inside like controlling this snowman he created this pipe or hose a snow mech suit he's like i'm ready for my next adventure uh and so um higginson and all of this he's like all this time i just wanted to make my great grandfather proud but instead I ended up retrieving nothing but bricks. I'm sorry, I just have to do his accent because it's so funny how they make him so like posh and proper. So I'm so sorry, foiled again. What have I done? (laughs) What have I done? I can't believe all this, all of this, but nothing. (laughs) And so when when Professor Higginson mentions like that, all he's retrieved from all of this crime he's caused is nothing but a bunch of bricks. Velma and Fred immediately have a light bulb like holy shit we need to go back to Tommy's house right now and look at those bricks from the chimney 
And yeah. so they all go and very kindly of Sheriff Perkins, like you said, Probsky's a Canadian Mountie, doesn't really know how things happen in America. <laughs> she, she brings fucking Professor Higginson with them. Like they oh, all no. go, he's not in handcuffs or anything. Yeah. So they Come all on. go to inspect the his most recent or one of his most recent crime scenes. Mm-hmm. And when they arrive, Velma picks up the bricks and starts wiping them off. Like, you know, put a little elbow grease into it. And we see none other than gold underneath all of the layers of built up soot and dirt. So gold was in fact in these chimneys or at least in the chimney in Tommy's house. Wow, Tommy's going to be just Exactly. And yeah, Higginson doesn't get shit at all because he had to commit crimes to do this. Just kidding. We'll get to that in a second. Wait, what? (laughs) First, Higginson is super sad and ashamed. Like, and so the gold slips through my hands once again, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll have to go to jail for all the trouble I've caused this poor town. Yet another reason to hate Christmas. Woe is me. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Woe is me. (laughs) I'm so ashamed of my actions. Uh, was like, dude, stop gaslighting these people. Like, no. You fucked up their houses. (laughs) You're fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. But unfortunately, poor little Timmy, he's too young to understand what gaslighting is and he doesn't pay bills. So he doesn't actually understand the severity (laughs) of the damage. (laughs) Yes. The severity of this this debacle. Oh, no. And Tommy, he goes up to Higginson and he's like, you know, I feel really sorry for what happened to your family and your cursed family history. (laughs) And he turns and looks at his parents and says, mom, dad, can't we forgive Higginson this year? (laughs) Yeah. Like this kid, he'll get it when he understands how to pay bills again, which is why it's funny little Junie from Spy Kids. He's grown up and a dad now, so he could definitely play this role a lot better. Like in a sequel now, like, yeah, no, I fucking know what it costs to build a house. You have Fuck to rebuild that. our whole not- goddamn house. <laughs> we are the night before Christmas, no less. We are not, we are not forgiving this man. So Higginson, he's like, oh no, no one would want to forgive me for all the damage I've caused. Okay, but Tommy, playing the victim. Exactly, again, gaslighting. Tommy, again, he takes off his scarf and hands it to Higginson, who clearly is cold, not wearing his winter jacket out there, only wearing his, his prof- professorial blazer and oh vest underneath. And Tommy's like, I forgive you, professor. And so moved by the Christmas spirit and the kind heart of Tommy, the child's heart, Jeb also brings himself to apologize to Professor Higginson for destroying Jeb's home and ruining the things inside. And the sheriff also decides, well, I guess if these people aren't pressing charges, there's nothing I can do. So so she lets the professor take the gold, noting that it is indeed rightfully his. By what right? I don't know, birthright? He he hasn't even shown any proof that he is actually related to uh, Seamus Hagan. Yeah, exactly. Like, dude. I don't know how the law works in Canada, property rights in the sheriff. But yeah, this is our property. I don't see any title to this gold anywhere around here. Okay, statute of limitations is up anyway from 1823. It's been like over a hundred years right. since and that if happened. And you had the paperwork for this right, 
you could have just gone through the legal system to get your yeah daughter exactly out of the house. you didn't need to do all of this like Any haunting this. the town no and I, I think that in hindsight, Professor Higginson realizes this, like, damn, these people are a lot nicer than I thought they would be. They like, just asked them. they probably would have just let me in here if I had just nicely asked. So he in turn, Higginson, after the sheriff lets him take the gold and keep the gold, Higginson proclaims that the gold, in fact, belongs to the whole town. And he apologizes for ruining so many homes and so many holidays for so so many years for the townsfolk and he straight up just starts handing gold bars out to everyone including mystery inc by the way and if <laughs> i were a sheriff for like jeb i would be like oh whoa, 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 whoa. these are down out here hold on <laughs> excuse me that's five bars of gold going to waste but nonetheless it's perfect because you know the sheriff does note to or, or i think maybe asa buckle the man and manager notes too like oh this is perfect you're the richest dude in town now you can start you know, paying for everyone's houses to be repaired. We can finally celebrate Christmas here once again. And it is implied that that is what Higginson is going to let them do with the money, or that's what he's going to do with the money. He will fix all the damage he's caused. Sorry about it, y'all. But you still got to stay in the end because like the bridge is out. So we still can't get the bricks and the construction materials in in time. So it probably won't be until after New Year's till construction starts. I said I would pay for your home reconstruction. I'm not paying for your end bill. So yeah, hope you guys can figure pay. that out. And yeah. while you still pay for your mortgages and rent. Exactly. Yeah. I'm only paying for the repairs, but it's okay. That's enough for the town. They all gather around the Christmas tree in the middle of the town plaza, taking in all of its beauty hand in hand. I think probably singing carols or some shit and excited to celebrate Christmas morning the next day. And that's the end. <laughs> wow. So I want to say real quick mm -hmm. that I thought... Before, before that very, very end passing out the gold part, I was like, huh, okay, so the writers have made this like a, it's not about the gifts and gold, it's an anti-capitalist version of Christmas, a very Grinch version of Christmas, and then he was like, but money will make it all better and forgive exactly. my crimes, right? That's exactly right. And so and then it, yeah. <laughs> came back around to that other that the side almighty dollar mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah. great job what a thank you what a wild ride that was a wild ride yeah with the chicken leg snowman the chicken leg snowman wow yeah, terrorizing the town yes but just like that we see how mystery inc celebrated christmas eve and how they will i guess they're like, fuck that condo and Mills Corner. Yeah. We're just going to uh, stay here, I guess, at the dew drop in. These people need us. I mean, they gave us gold. So, I mean, yeah, Merry Christmas. Gold, so. Yeah. I wonder if that's enough money for them to fix the bridge now, too. Hmm. Probably. Probably. But we should have but, looked up the price of gold in 2002. Yeah. Right. What's the, what's the exchange rate? <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. How much was that worth? Uh, yeah, and so that is a Christmas Eve tale for your Christmas Eve Saturday wow. for those who celebrate the holidays. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you're having a wonderful Incredible. Christmas Eve today. We hope yes. you have a wonderful Christmas Day tomorrow or I don't know, whatever day y'all are listening to this episode. We hope it's yeah. just a good day all around. So yeah, we hope you have a good day. Uh, yeah. So we will be back next week though with another winter themed episode. Grace will mm -hmm. be telling us for uh 
New Year's Eve, I believe from, yes. from one Still holiday to the next, man, what a great time of year this is indeed. Yep. But until then, Grace, who should the wonderful people out there tell about this podcast? Well, I hope that um, on this time of holidays and celebrations, you are with folks that you love, whether it be family, chosen family, friends, whatever it might be. So tell those that you are spending the holidays, no matter what a holiday it is in December, um, tell the people that you are spending the holidays with about this podcast. Yeah, perfect. And yes, yeah, so whether whether that be your friends or your family, or in my suggestion, I will say if you happen to be at a bed and breakfast or an inn Ooh. somewhere, Ooh. tell the innkeepers and you know the yes. other people there at the bed and breakfast. I know uh, oftentimes you do like meal time together with the yeah. other people in the B and B, or maybe sit around the living room and just chat it up and just tell them like, hey. You know, if, if, if they seem like they'd be into it or not, honestly, or not. who cares? We're as per usual, trying to expand our uh, listener demos. So exactly. Tell them too. They, yeah. You don't know what they like. You just met them. You just met them. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you'll make a new friend. Maybe you'll scare someone away. Depending on your outlook on life, either of those could be a win. So exactly. So boom. you're welcome. That's our <laughs> gift to you. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Happy holidays. (laughs) Bye. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We, we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmorneMist, all the abreeds, and let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries. Bye.